Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stellar Entrepreneur Show at Womenlice.com. Yes, friends, today we are traveling to UK, London, and we are having one entrepreneur from there. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, thought leader, and mentor. She has spent 20 years working across the media, publishing, and advertising industries. Today, she is founder and CEO of Femme Foundry. Throughout her career, she has collaborated with thought leaders, brands, firms, and charitable organizations under one unifying purpose, to bring women together on a global scale, to drive and sustain meaningful connections, and positive change for generations to come. Femme Foundry is the embodiment of this mission. I'm so excited because this topic is so close to my heart. Welcome, Amy Williams, to Women's Show. Oh, thank you so much, Tara. It's a pleasure to be here. Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time, Amy. So, yes, I'm so eager to know. Please share about yourself and about your business and about yourself as a person. We are eager to know about it. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Well, hello, everyone. Um, thank you for having me again. Yeah, so I'm I'm Amy, um, as Tara said. Um, I have spent far too long <laughs> in uh, media and advertising. Um, so I started my career... Uh, in selling magazines, effectively women's magazines back when uh, print and those things that we used to have that glorified hour apparently to, to sit and read um, that we don't have now, sadly. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I've, I've spent a long time in um, the women's industry and marketplace. And um, and then I pivoted into um, startup and into tech. So I grew up uh, in a place in the UK called Yorkshire, uh, so in the north, um, which we'll probably hear slightly in my accent. Um, and my dad was a self-made uh, businessman and entrepreneur um, and was always trying to get me to follow his footsteps. And um, I was, you know, very into sport as a kid and was like, no, I want to go into sports physio. And then I finally he convinced me to, to work for him for a year when I finished my degree. And I realized that annoyingly he was right. And I was quite entrepreneurial and that I did love um, sales and, and that I was sort of meant for for that. Um, he was in industrial cleaning, so that was not glamorous. <laughs> so uh, I decided to go to London uh, to a much more glamorous world of media. Um, and then, as I say, fast forward 20 years and um, I pivoted into tech. Um, me personally, I had um, my own real, real journey and I'm always uh, very transparent and honest with this because I think it's really important for uh, entrepreneurs and, you know, particularly in that, that female landscape that a lot of um, working for yourself and being an entrepreneur is really glamorized, particularly on social media, right. as we know. Um, and I'm always very dubious of those people who, um, you know, nothing against it, but when the hair's done and the makeup's on and, and the, you know, the computer and the right. coffee and it's tidy, if you can see what my, my desk looks like right now, if I unblurred this background. Um, so, you know, the, the realities I think of, you know, sort of Instagram versus reality of, of what right. being a founder really is um and what an entrepreneur really is and the work that goes into it I think are quite different um and I think it's really good to be very transparent about that but I really fell into although I was said I was made to be uh you know run a startup in my own business I really fell into it by accident I always knew I would do my own business I just never really knew what it was mm -hmm. um 
and through a series of events um I sort of fell into it but I um you know went through my own real journey where every pillar of life cataclysmically came down from you know death of my father um divorce I was married three months um uh miscarriage I mean you name it my job was made redundant at the time I mean it all happened um but it really led me to a place to really I think fundamentally understand myself and also understand what I wanted out of life and what I wanted to do with that and I think it really led me to a place where um, I really learned I really wanted to give back um, and that everything I'd learned particularly from that female landscape um, I wanted to give back and ultimately I never wanted another woman to go through the things that I went through and not have that support network, not have those people that they could go to, to, um, you know, recommend for experts in various different areas. Um, and so it was really synergistic in a way that through a very bumpy ride, um, I, I got led to what is now Femme Foundry. Um, and I was essentially working for a tech startup who, um, who were white labeling social media spaces and they they were working with a piece of research which is the largest piece of female research ever done um so a really diverse piece of research so across um 19 countries 22,000 women age 18 to 65 um and being in media for 20 years, you know, you, you people would say all the time, oh, it's a really diverse piece of research and you'd look at it and it'd be UK and US and white women. And you're like, this is not diverse. This is not representative of all, of all women. I mean, it would also generally be probably 18 to either 25 or 35. So apparently after 35, we all fall off a cliff and die. Um, so it used to amuse me. So this piece of research was was really groundbreaking um, and and you know long story short uh led me to now what is femme foundry which we utilize a lot of that research in in femme foundry um and so yeah we've been going nearly three years through through the landscape we're, we're all in right now so I, i'm really very proud um to have launched femme foundry it is a platform for all women um professional and personal so not just the leadership elite although that is a very important part of the platform um, and through research and everything that you as women have told us, we focus on four key areas, which are financial, physical, mental and spiritual health. Um, and essentially, we um, give you access to experts across the globe. Um, so that could be therapists, counsellors, doctors, uh, life coaches, um, you know, financial help, um, so on and so forth. Um, and as I say, that is to, you know, really, really help women everywhere, because we fundamentally believe that every woman has the right to upskill and have an education is a right, um, not a privilege. Um, and that's something that I'm very passionate about. Fantastic, Amy. I can so much relate to you because as I'm running an online magazine for women and the dream of getting all women under one umbrella and providing that content in terms of video and articles was the main aim because I think that media platform is missing and you have got an app which is much safer because under that app, the communication can be done, the reach out can be done to other experts and networking can be done. And that to at the global scale and that sounds amazing. So definitely congratulations for coming up with this fantastic idea of having an app 
like Femme Foundry. So uh, as an entrepreneur, you have sh shared your story. We would love to know more about Amy as a person. What are your likes? What are your dislikes? <laughs> sure. I mean, um, if I tilted my screen, you'd see one of them down there because he's upside down. But um, I, I, so I'm, as I said, I'm from from Yorkshire here, and um, which is the the countryside. So although I spent twenty years in, in London, and um, if I had makeup on, you'd see a very different person when I was in London, much more glamorous when I wasn't a founder. Um, but I, I love being outdoors. Um, I love, I love fitness. So um, I spent you know a long time in my life when I was growing up. Um, I had an older brother um, but unfortunately he wasn't very good at sport um, I mean that's unfair he actually was but he wasn't you know and my dad was a professional sportsman um, in his day so my dad was like oh oh no I've got a girl and I've got to go and watch lots of girls sports um, but I think from that you know that really taught me a, a lot of resilience and maybe maybe you know obviously who I am today but yeah. I've always loved being active um, and I love being outdoors I've got two dogs um, that are yeah. my, my furry children as I call them um, and you know apart from that I just you know I, I moved actually so I'm not in London now I'm about um, probably about an hour away from London in a place called Oxfordshire um, and uh, so that's you know uh, lots of countryside um, and, and lots of fresh air and space so that's really important important to me and um, it really helps me with my mental health as well and obviously being a founder that's really important. Awesome to know I, I'm sure your hobby must be helping you a lot in managing your uh, startup and then because we as an entrepreneur need so much mental strength right that resilience power which you as mentioned that it comes with that sports spirit and when you are working upon your health upon your fitness every day it really helps you to be confident and run your venture in much better way. So Amy, as an entrepreneur, uh, can you share what you think are the three most important habits which can help any women entrepreneur? Yeah, I love this question because I get this question a lot, and um, I think it's I think it's really personal for for starters. I think. Uh, I, I don't think there's a blanket habit as such that you can that you can just apply. I, I think um, you know, for me. It, the in terms of what you've just said about mental strength and resilience and and really watching your own um uh sort of you know mental well-being and physical well-being um is the number one habit that I think I had to learn the hard way because I am a workhorse and I you know as many founders are they will just continue to go and go and go and go um and a lot of people kept giving me that advice to yeah but you've got to take care of yourself and you have to take time for yourself and you have to put those parameters in yourself because you're not working for someone else so no one does that for you you don't have set breaks or time so there is that uh, tendency to just just keep going so I'd say the number one habit is that uh, looking after yourself and really planning your time to take time for yourself and take and sort of really force yourself to have those breaks and I say that and I'm still not very good at it so I can give the advice whether I'm good at taking it myself is is not um it is another thing um and I think the second bit of advice I would really give is to as a founder really really I mean it's not a habit as such but um really surround yourself and it was an odd one because although I was creating a a global support network of women myself and that would that's my my entire business premise I actually wasn't creating my own support network 
of founders um and now I have and um it's really really sort of game changing for you mentally as well as a founder because it's very lonely so unless you have that support network and those people that really fundamentally understand your day-to-day because being a founder not many people do understand it you know and not your friends and family aren't going to understand it and and really resonate with with those highs and lows that we can go through in the space of two hours never mind a day or a week so I think surrounding yourself and having that support network is is really really important of those those women or men or people um that that fundamentally understand what you're doing and why you're doing and, and can really keep you going and get you back on track fantastic tips Amy I must say that now, um, I would love to ask something related to the sales part of the business. As a women entrepreneur, many women entrepreneurs are facing challenges because sales is something which women entrepreneurs are not comfortable if they have not done before. Can you give some advice, which some tip which has helped you in your work? Yeah, I think I think sales tips, again, it, it's a really tough one because um, it's, it's you can't apply one tip to sort of any any week I mean you could but it'd be difficult to apply one specific sales tip to to any business but firstly like you said I think uh, uh very generalistically a lot of women um if they haven't done sales before and then they're starting a business um, and I've seen this um I think if I apply it to to my own sort of journey um I go to a lot of pitch nights I've actually um judged a few p- pitch pitches which oh. is which was really um which was great to be on the other side of. I was like, oh, phew, I'm on the other side now. But I was so on the side of the founder. I'm not sure I was the best judge because I was there going, come on, come on. Um, but I but I think um, I've seen it in the, particularly um, in some of the health tech pitches I've seen, you get a lot of, um, you know, incredibly intellectual and intelligent um, women pitching who are, pretend, you know, perhaps have been doctors or, you know, um, you know, that sort of other really academic side and they've never done sales. So then when they're coming to pitch a business, it's very uncomfortable for them. Um, so, and I think the number one thing that I've, I've learned and it's, it's, it's slightly different, I guess, for me, because I've come from a sales background, I've been 20 years in sales and presenting. Yeah. Um, so, but I think even I would say that, and people say it to me, it's just be yourself, people by people. Um, and that that is the number one thing and uh, and humility and you know without saying a swear word particularly in this day in audience people can really sniff out the the bs and 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 they know when it's not genuine they know it when it's not coming from a genuine place so i think be authentic be you know have have some some humanity and um humility sorry and um that's the tired found a burnout brain coming out and, and be yourself I think that that that'd be the three real things that I can give you you can learn to pitch you can learn to sell all of that you can learn you can't learn to be yourself that has to be authentic and come from only you very valuable Sharami. authenticity is the key in present times because many people are changing themselves just to go with the rat race and if that happens then you are losing the key which why you have started your venture so once we are comfortable with what we are and then we are doing the sales part, with practice, I think things get better and we get the hold on the sales part also. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think as well, if you, you just have conviction for what you're doing, um, you know, I've, I've done it myself and as, as founders will know, you get so much feedback. Um, and when I was, I guess, a, a greener founder, I still am obviously only three years in, but um, 
I went around like a chicken in circles, taking the feedback and changing it, changing it. And then I sort of didn't know where I was and had to take a step back and say, no, no, no. Okay. What take, take some of the feedback that I think is valid, implement that, but then, you know, go back to ultimately it has to come from you and it has to feel like it's coming from you. Otherwise, what, well, what's the point as well? And it's not going to come across as genuine. Very true. Now we'll love to get the focus on Femme Foundry again. Can you share how Femme Foundry is standing out in the crowd of so many apps, so many networking platforms? Can you share some insights about it? Yeah, sure, of course. So I, I think really Femme Foundry is... Um, it's sort of a myriad of, of all of those things, as we said earlier, as you were saying, you know, my my real passion um, and mission is to is to get all of these resources and women under one unified roof, because ultimately, if we're, we're all really we're all I, I, as a I'm hazarding a wild guess. We're all going for equality here, aren't we? And and equity. And we all we all want this to fundamentally change for women across a myriad of, of very complex and different things. But unless we all learn to start playing together and really coming together, it's it's never, we're never going to change that. That's going to we're, we're all going to be dead and it's going to take a very, very, very long time. And um, and I've seen it in media where particularly, you know, women are pitted against each other in, in lots of different industries, you know, in, in finance, in legal, in, and and I, and it's not the way. And so we really want to change that. Um and I think that's a, a real USP to Fem Foundry. But I also think, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think that having a platform that is affordable and accessible but also relatable is our real usp because there are so many networking platforms and um a lot of them are very niche they're in finance or or legal or um you know there's a lot of platforms out there for women that are just about leadership um which 100% have their place but we don't all want to be a leader we don't all want to lead you know it's not it's not in everybody that they want to be a leader or they want to be a businesswoman you know some people want to do a myriad of different things and business or leadership is a tiny part of it or not um and and I think a lot of those a lot of networking places particularly in the UK and the US the membership fees alone are so expensive, they only help to sort of perpetuate the differences and um, inequalities that we already face as women. And as women, we already face so many, you know, different barriers that for me, cost of entry absolutely shouldn't be one of those, uh, you know, especially on, on a global level. And as I said, I'm passionate about education. I'm passionate that any woman should have the right to upskill themselves um, and affordability should not be a barrier to that. So we come in at a completely different end of the market. And I think we're the first platform um, to do that, um, to come in really, really cost effectively and affordably to um, deliver all of the things that, that we're going to deliver from, like I said, delivering those experts to you, but also, and you mentioned it as well, from a networking opportunity and opportunities networking and opportunity alone tends to be quite elitist in, in a lot of ways um and again those networking clubs charge a lot of money for Thank you to be able you. to network with those people you need to get right. to to get that job or get that contract or whatever so again we're putting hurdles 
in our way. So I want to remove those and and, and get all of those, those women, particularly in leadership, but also those experts and, and remove those barriers so that you're, you're getting access to experts, but you're also getting access to opportunity to those people, whether they're, they're leaders, experts, or just normal everyday people that, you know, might have gone through something that you've gone through and you might just want to have a chat with them and, you know, make a friend on the other side of the world. Fantastic. It sounds really unique and it can help so many women entrepreneurs and professionals around there who are looking for such platform in such a way where they can just log in and they can reach out to anybody who is an expert and sitting somewhere across the geography. It sounds so powerful, Amy, to me. So Amy, you are workaholic. You are totally into your work right now. Can you share your secrets? How are you managing your energy? What are your productivity hacks? <laughs> she says looking very monotired um again it goes it goes back to so I actually do a lot of um mindfulness as well um and I I really try to meditate now I'm not very good at it so I'm going to put that out there but when I do do it it does really 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 help me um but another thing that's really helped me is um a thing called tapping which um is is, is quite well known but some people yes. might might not know um we actually did a um tapping masterclass in the app so if anyone wants to find oh. out you can go in the app and there's a a, a great um tapping class in there um <laughs> and that really helps for um anxiety um or you know and just to sort of really calm you down really center you um and a myriad of other things um as well again i'm not I'm not an expert which is why we get the experts in the platform to talk about it um oh. but that has really helped so there's a, there's a number of of different things but um but it also goes back to um you know spending time outside i spend time you know with my dogs re really helps me uh, a new thing that i've started doing is um every time I went so I, I, I go on probably two or three dog walks a day because it just it just helps take me away from my desk sent to me um, but I always used to take my phone and what was ending up happening was that I was working on the dog walk so the time where I was supposed to be having time out I was like oh, oh ringing people so I've just stopped I've started leaving my phone at home which feels like I've lost a limb at first but now I'm getting used to it and I'm like actually this is much better so so just getting into little habits like that or just put your phone away from you um, um, because and if yeah. I'm not in front of my computer, I'm attached. We're all attached to our phones, right? Because we can work from anywhere. So lock it away for an hour. Just you know, be away from it, and it does really help. Makes sense because yeah, phone is something which everybody is getting addicted with every passing day. So if we are leaving it on the desk, I think we are shutting it off. So that's a very yeah. important tip you have shared, Ami. Uh, any aha moment you want to share with us? Some aha moment where you were just out of word and you want to share with the world. Um, I don't know if that there's particularly particularly one. I think I've had you know several over over the sort of the the last three years, and and they they tend to come at three four in the morning when you're trying you're trying to sleep. Um, I think I think the aha moments are sometimes where you get as as founders and leaders and and entrepreneurs we get so ensconced in our own our own business and our own decks and you know and it's so you're so in it that sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees and um i think the aha moments are sometimes when you do 
step back like you say you do just leave that phone or or you have a week or two where you're just like oh I can't I don't know what I can't do it it's not working and then all of a sudden you just leave it for for a day or two just just put it down put it to the side and then that's where you get your biggest aha moments and and you you get that clarity Um, and sometimes it's really looking at do you know what that just that just doesn't work and that and so I need to change that and having again the humility um to and leave your ego at the door that's the biggest that's the biggest advice I don't know if it's an aha moment but I I thought I'd got to that place in life where I'd left my ego and and it turns out I there's still you know everyone's got an ego haven't they and you have to leave your ego sometimes and that's probably the best aha moment because that's when you're going to get real clarity thanks for sharing that Avi my last question please share some message with Women's audience yeah, I mean, my biggest message to to all of you out there is if you love something and you're passionate about it, just keep going, just keep going. There, there, there's, there, there's always a way. And, you know, sometimes businesses work and they don't work, but you will always, always learn something. And, and that learning is, is really, really fundamental. So, you know, I listened to a podcast last night and I'll just finish on this, but um, it's the, the diary of a CEO, as I'm sure millions of you already listened to. Um, but um, it was with a lady called uh, Trini London here, which people in the UK will know. Um, and have- yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm a big and, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, and I'd, I'd never really heard her, her speak that much. Um, and uh, he asked her, why did you keep going? Why did you keep going? And she said, I won't say what she said because it was a swear word, but she said, she said, because I knew, I knew it was brilliant and I knew it was going to work and I just knew it in my core. And she got turned away, I think, from from initial pitches, 48 or 49 times she went through. And she said, not one of them. She said, one bit, but it wasn't. And they were all telling me, no. And she, largely, it was men. I'm not, we're not anti-men, but by the way, at all. But, you know, as we female founders know, when you're pitching to men, sometimes, you know, if it, particularly it's a female uh, business and a female lens it's, it's obviously it's hard to understand when you don't wear right. makeup yourself potentially you know or or whatever that that product is um and she got turned away a myriad of times and he said what made you keep going she said because I just knew I knew fundamentally in my core that women needed this and I, I knew it was brilliant and she now runs a you know something for 300 million billion pound company so um thanks for so sharing that I think that was a, a good one. Yeah, I've stolen her advice, but yeah, I think I think it's a it's it's so quite a no. Because we just whenever the challenges come and we get down and it's very difficult to get up again. So such examples really gives us motivation and inspiration. Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing wonderful insights with us. I wish you all the best with Fem Foundry. Friends, do check out Fem Foundry app. And you can learn a lot from that app and you can be part of that family and network across the globe and upskill also yourself. I wish you all the best, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.